Please note, this episode contains some strong language. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. <laughs> Can you see it's recording your end eye? Oh yeah, it is. Woohoo! So we're working. Yes, this is exciting. So, Mm -hmm. we've been waiting for this podcast episode for a while, I have to say. But I'm totally delighted. No, please don't (laughs) apologize, not at all. You're in demand and you're a very busy person. (sighs) I am delighted to say that I am speaking over the internet, albeit to Big Taj. How is everyone? How are you? I'm saying everyone because I'm assuming people are listening. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm okay. I'm in my cupboard and I'm speaking to you. And I, I haven't, we were just saying there, we haven't seen each other in real life for a long time. But I mean, it doesn't feel like that long ago. But it was like 2014. Yes, yes, that is long. Tell me, that is quite a long, long time ago when we were doing the Commonwealth thing for, in the schools. What a time. I was in the school. I yeah, was yeah. in about two or three schools, I think it was. I and then did a big performance, didn't we, in Central Station? We did indeed. And that, that was the joy of 2014 when it was all the work, all the opportunities. Everything was there, everything. And then boom, who would have known this was coming? Well, I'm sure we'll get into it. But, um, you know, if anybody's been living under a rock and doesn't know who Big Taj is, <laughs> you, <laughs> you are a, oh, a beatboxing superstar. Like A beatboxer, yes. Yeah, I mean, but the beatboxer. The beatboxer. In, in Scotland, perhaps, yes. The beatboxer, yes, let's just say that. I you am are. the beatboxer. You, you totally are. Put it out there like that. And the thing you is, like, I mean? we, we have worked together, we had that lovely project together, but you don't necessarily yeah. get the opportunity to sit down with somebody and grill them about, like, so how did you get into this? And I'm sure people do ask mm-hmm. you all the time because it's, it's just such a unique talent and skill that a weird thing <laughs> that yeah, yeah. folk don't come across every day. So, you know, I've got a podcast, so I get to ask you all the questions. So I'm just going to be grilling you and all, all the things I what want to know. What are you asking me? What are you asking me? Oh, no. Well, my first question is, why beatboxing? Why beatboxing is a great question, and I've never asked myself that. You know, when I was about 15, right, not too long ago, um, <laughs> <you know, laughs> when I was about 15, right, you know, I was just getting into hip-hop music. Okay, now, hip-hop music, you know, people rapping, you know, the hip-hop culture, like rapping, uh, beatboxing, graffiti, you know, all the little elements that were in it. Um, and beatboxing was something that I always kind of done anyways. You know, um, whether something was on TV and I was just like beatboxing along with um, like the theme show or whatever it was that was on at the time. It wasn't anything great, you see. It was just like basic sounds, you know, as you would expect, mm. really. But how did you know you could do that? Like, had you seen someone do that and thought, I'm going to give that a go? It just kind of fell, it just kind of fell into place. You know, it wasn't something that I said I was going to go do that. Do you know what I mean? Also, we all know we're all old enough to know the Police Academy movies. So you got Jonesy in there who's doing all his little robot noises <laughs> and things, and he was also doing a bit of beatboxing and stuff. And you know, that always inspired me as well. I don't know. It just felt. It just came together. It did. You know. Then I started hearing people like um, Razel, Killer Keller. You know, the old school guys. Old, not well, they were new at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of pioneering it. So um, Razel was like the American superstar, beatbox superstar. You know, he was yeah. the one that started the whole really intricate beats and um, was kind of branching away from not just drum sounds, but putting like robot sounds in there. Then he was doing the singing and beatboxing. Then you had Killer Killer, who's from the UK, and he was doing like drum and bass. Mm. You know, he was doing a drum and bass thing, lots of kind of scratching things and kind of doing a lot of covers too so he was touching base on like, nearly every single genre you know and just when I started listening to these guys I got really into it because beatbox was something that I was already kind of playing with when I went to school I think it was in fifth year my school joined in with another school and there's a couple of boys there who would kind of rap and DJ and I was a beatboxer you know and when they heard me beatboxing they were, that's cool you know and then 
the boy was rapping. So we used to do like little performances. So the janitor would have his little office and we would do it outside there. We had like a wee crowd and things. <laughs> um, and I was beatboxing. My mate was rapping, you know, and then we did a wee performance in school as well. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, um, I went from like really like not popular at all to like fifth and sixth year where everyone's like, there he is, the beatbox guy. <laughs> ah, now that's something that's interesting, isn't it? Just like, it's got the cool factor, it genuinely has. It does, it does. It still kind of does, to be of fair. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so, and remember, this was at a time where there was no YouTube, really. Do you know what I mean? For you to go on and watch stuff, not not when I was 15, no, there wasn't like internet or such, you know, maybe you had to dial up or whatever. You hear a few audio kits, but you'd have to buy the CDs, you'd have to buy mixtapes to hear people perform it or just catch it on TV if you could. And I remember um, Jules Holland had the Roots, I think he had the whole Roots crew on there. Uh-huh. Um, and they were all performing, but at the end he got, um, there's a beatbox in the Roots called Scratch. Razel is also in the Roots, so yeah, they had two beatboxes, Scratch from the Roots, then I put beatbox performance. And I still got on videotape, and it was the one that I've watched over and over and over again. And then a little documentary about Killer Killer started to pop up on TV and things because beatboxing was just kind of coming up. And so that was kind of how it all started, how I got inspired. That's amazing. Yes. But, you know, aside, I... you know, obviously singing is a, is a skill and a talent, but we all have the yep. anatomy to do that and kind of open your mouth and let a sound out that, you know, yep. can maybe sound quite nice and you can maybe spend time learning to use your voice and get the best mm. out of it but I feel like beatboxing is like a whole other thing like the, the sounds that you're able to create why is it just a process of experimenting and like a process of elimination like oh well when I do that yeah. it makes that sound but when I do you know yeah, I can't yeah, even yeah, yeah. imagine how you begin to know that you can make those sounds sometimes you just stumble across things just it just happens mm. do you know what I mean you have that that wee epiphany and it's like oh that works you know what I mean? And, or I used to like imitate guys like Kella and Razel and Scratch, you know, so my style is kind of influenced by them. Certain sounds that are taken, you can take a sound and you can change it into another sound mm. as well. And that's how you kind of build up your, your sound library and you come up with your own style, you know. So like I was saying, there was no internet or anything really when we were coming up. So in 2005, I uh, entered the UK Beatbox Championships and I only entered just to showcase my style. I didn't think I would get through to the final top eight of the the country, do you know what I mean? And I absolutely, I was awful when it came to the main battle, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> back then there was a, a website called humanbeatbox.com and they started putting things up. I was finding loads of clips, you know. I, I looked at some tutorials, but I didn't look at a lot because I didn't want to be like everybody else, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. I think it's different now where the you can find beatboxes on YouTube easy and everyone's doing the tutorials, which is fine, I do them too. But I feel like a lot of beatboxes are starting to sound quite similar to each other. And if you look at the history of beatboxing as well, like who has been really successful from it, they've always had their own style. They never yeah. sounded like somebody. Mm, it's not that just that imitation. It's like going away and like working in your craft. Yeah, it's okay to imitate. Like I've got sounds that I copied, but I would change it. Do you know what I mean? Or I would keep it as it is, but I wouldn't claim it as mine's. You know, and it's okay to share sounds. It's just you. What do you turn it into? Yeah. Well, it's like uh, any musician that's going to sample somebody else's stuff. Like you're still right. going to make it your own. Like you are a yes. musician in that sense. Like you want to put something yeah, yeah, yeah. That's out that's authentically you. It'll be influenced. It's like anything like dance. Do you know what I mean? Like you're taking inspiration from lots of different things, but essentially it's going to be you. You're going to put something out that you feel best describes you exactly exactly so in the beatbox community they know like this is these are my sounds this is what taj does you know what i mean and then there's loads of beatboxes like that like um you know through the uk beatbox championships you had faith sfx when he came out like people were just like oh my god his sounds are amazing he was doing like this a police siren and everyone copied that and then reaps one came and he was doing dubstep and he was doing this growly bass sound and he's going <laughs> like that and everyone copied that you know it's always something somebody came and just set a trend so what would you say is you're like have you got unique sounds that you tend to gravitate towards yeah yeah, yeah. so i've got like a sitar sound. i don't know if i'll be able to do it just now <clears throat> i'm a wee bit raspy no pressure i, I, I know i wasn't even going to ask no, you no it's fine because people are going to be like he's a beatboxer who hasn't beatboxed what so one of my sounds is like a sitar sound so i don't know how well that's coming across yeah but even that snare that's something i come up with you know um, the other ones like that snare because I can scratch it you know um, I can make it like a filtered sound like, so all these kind of things 
got other sounds as well. So all these little sound libraries. I actually see my was my tiny mind <laughs> like everybody wishes me like you know you're like it's not my party piece like it is my job like folk must just be like do that do something yeah, do, do, that. do a turn <laughs> performing monkey it's, a, it's incredible that you're able to do that but that's like you're saying it's been a long time of working in your craft to build up your sound yeah yeah it's not overnight do you know what I mean and some sounds I did come up with like you know, at the time, I'm just like, yes, I've got this sound. And then a few years later, you're just like, oh, I've just kind of molded it into something else or I've refined it. Mm. You know, um, most of the sounds I had, they didn't start like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like, <laughs> you know, even that didn't start like that. You know, and then I realised, oh, I can scratch it. <laughs> you know, kind of give it a little reverse and kind of bend the sound a little bit. Even like my snare, <laughs> that didn't start, start like that. My friend come up to go listen to this touch. He was like, you know, beatbox go, I was like, Shit, I'm going to have to go home. I'm going to have to practice and then let him hear. You know, so I practiced, I made it tighter. I mean, I was really competitive back then. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, once you get that bug for something, like you were at high school, you were starting to do it, you were getting that notoriety. Yeah. You know, it was now you had the cool factor ties. You were now missing. I was the cool kid. You were? Aye. Well, I, I don't know how that, I, I've never been the cool kid. So I don't know how that feels. But, um, you know, and then to put yourself forward, like you were saying for the, like, the beatboxing championships, that's a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. to, to yeah. discover this like innate talent essentially not everybody's going to be able to do that but obviously you'd worked on it as well so it's a combination of hard yeah. work and natural ability because the musicality like it's one thing like not everybody can do something to the level that you can like I think there's there's definitely innate talent there but to then go yeah. into that arena like a competitive arena it's one thing like putting your work out there yeah, but I because you know I spoke to um Chaz B who does breakdancing he was mm. talking about going into battles yep, and yep. stuff and I'm like that's like a totally alien yeah. world like but it is the culture of like hip-hop culture and beatboxing yes it is did you enjoy that kind of scenario so oh, I don't but I also do I hate the feeling I hate that nervousness I hate <laughs> I don't know I, I don't know you know I don't hate it I don't it does it gets me going it does. And see, when you go in front of an audience, like all the UK beatbox championships, the finals are all down in uh, London. So you're stepping on stage and people don't even know you and you're expecting them to cheer for you and root for you. I never really went in it to like win the whole thing. I just went in to showcase my sounds. That's what I used to go in for, to let people know that this is my style and these are my sounds. You know, that's the only reason I used to go in. And I was quite successful. I never won the UK beatbox championships, but I, was, um, I battled in 2005 and I got into the top eight of the UK and in 2008, I didn't get through. And in 2009, I got through again to the top eight in the UK. And in 2015, again, I got into the top eight in the UK. You know, and then, you know, I, I had kids and my time is, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's not there anymore to really practice as much as I used to. And the battling, like, I think it's a young, it's a young man's game. You know, I'm like 37 years old. It's not really something I want to put my energy into. And every time I do hear about the UK Beatball Championship, it does get me really excited. Because there is still some, some things I would like to showcase, you know. But then I suppose now we have other platforms as well. Now you have YouTube, you know, you've got your Facebook where you can just upload things now, you know. Right. That's the way people are kind of building their their reputation now. And that's not something that I've come from. I still like to go out there, yeah. you know, and go in front of an audience and, you know, and get that kind of, that vibe. That's, that's my... Uh, that's the way I love it. Just being in front of the audience. You know, the YouTube stuff's all good. The views and likes don't bother me. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's giving people like an opportunity, like you're saying, in their bedrooms or whatever, if they don't have the confidence or the or just the platform to, to stand yeah. in a stage, you know, especially in goodness, like in COVID times, you know, like I guess anybody can put their, their stuff exactly. out there and, and get the kind of recognition for it. It does get oversaturated. I know people say, you know, you know go live. I know we've chatted about this before we went live, but, you know, go live, go on you know, Instagram Live or Facebook Live, like, it's not the same. You know, but even now, there is big platforms for beatbox. You've got Swiss Beatbox and YouTube channel, you know, gets lots of views, millions and millions of views, you know, so but on there, you have to be at a certain level to get put on that channel as well, which is great. So there's that quality control as well. Um, going back to the battles and things, like, I loved it. I loved the vibe. You know, you're preparing for it, you know, and just, like, getting reaction of people who have never heard you before. And what do they think of your sounds? It's, it's very cool. And I do miss that element. Well, it's, it's in that arena where people understand it. Like, you know, it's like people are there because they love that. It's like they love that yeah. art form. But in, in the flip side to that, then going into the kind of gigging world where you've had loads of opportunities to like 
perform on like stages where you maybe wouldn't have necessarily yeah. have thought oh, I would have ended up here and like doing collaborations and stuff like I saw I think it was a couple of years ago you were involved I think it was Celtic Connections and you were working with like a step dancer so that was uh, last year and uh, and the year before so that started like a couple of years ago so now I'm part of a Gaelic band it's quite a cappella it is a cappella basically at the moment and yeah. you know I'm beatboxing for them and there's like four or five singers step dancer as well um, and we went to France. I want to say last year, but it wasn't last year. It was twenty. What year are we? It was two thousand nineteen. Um, so we went to France, did our thing. Obviously, twenty twenty, everything stopped. But we did the Celtic Connection before um, the whole world was like locked down. Uh, Celtic Connection was incredible. It was amazing. And then the beatboxing thing is so weird. Like it's, I've done a lot of things that I never thought I would do. In terms of performing, have there been particular highlight gigs or scenarios where you're just like, this is mental? I, I think, you know, the mental one is, is more recent in the past few years, because I think it was 2019 as well, when I got asked to go on Coronation Street. That was probably the most bizarre one, <laughs> which was amazing. How did I miss that? I don't know how you missed that. Where was that? Corey. Oh, for goodness It was sake. so good. It's, act- I, it's actually one of the best things I've done. It was brilliant. Oh, my word. It was an episode... Um, where they had a talent show and I was supposed to go up and just make like robotic noises and everyone just say, wow, he was amazing. Wow. I had a couple of wee words to say in it and that was it. It was amazing. Honestly, I don't watch Corey. That's the only episode I watched is when I was on. (laughs) I am now going to seek it out. I'm going to, I don't watch Corey either. Oh, check my YouTube. Check my YouTube, right? It's on there. I love that. It was me and my mate, my partner in crime, Speed69, who raps with me. Um, you know, they asked me to come along, and the thing is, they didn't know I was from Glasgow. They thought I was Manchester based, and they just said, "Look, since you're coming down from Scotland, why don't you bring somebody with you?" So I took my mate Spee with me. So he's there as well. He's an extra, and I'm the extra as well. But I've got to occupy, um, and I enjoy seeing the behind the scenes stuff as well. I enjoy that. People don't like waiting, but I like that waiting, seeing how people are working. Yeah. You know, and then they move the set. It's not like a real pub. You know, they lift things away and. It was amazing. That it was so one cute. of the highlights. But it's definitely. so nice that like, you've embraced that. Like, it's just, you know, you love what you do and, you know, as a craft, but when these random gigs come up and you're like, yeah, I'm going to, that feels good. I'm Hell just going to yeah. go for it, of course. Yeah. Corey's been on TV for how long? Like a hundred years. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm a part of that history. And the thing about Corey is as well, right? Which I didn't know. See, they're extras. They keep the same extras. So it's very hard to get into Corey as well. That's the other thing. You know, so what happened, the way I got into it was, um, and again, I'm going to say professionalism, right? Being professional everywhere I go, because it was another beatboxer that put me forward for it. Because his mum worked for the TV channel. And he said, this guy, Taj, because I know him. And I was like, I'm very thankful for him. And I always say, like, if I wasn't professional, I wouldn't bother thinking of me. Do you know what I mean? And that goes for every single gig that I've done. You know, I've done gigs with people going on stage and they're smashed at their faces and you're just sitting there like, I would never book this person again. No. You know, whereas I, me and Spee, like, we always show up. I don't drink anyways, do you know what I mean? I, we don't do drugs, whatever. Um, if you do that, that's fine, you know what I mean? But um, this has been like a career for me, you know, and I don't want to sabotage it. And if I was going up, you know, not performing to my, my best, you know, to the best of my abilities, I would never have these opportunities. Even like going to France... You know, we were on um, all around to Missy Browns as well. Mm-hmm. So we done that, the live show, you know, Coordination Street. I had the Highland Spring Water advert. I'd done the Facebook advert. And a couple other opportunities have come up as well, just from being, like, professional as well. You know, you could be the best performer ever, but see if you're not professional, no one's going to care. Because yeah, then I get, I got a lot of messages after people see me in court, like, oh, how did you get that? How did you get that? I'm like, because I worked hard on my craft. Yeah. I worked hard on it, and I was always putting things out, and I showed up. Like professional, so anytime these these random things show up, like I, I jump on it oh. as well because it's fun. I want a story to tell. Of course, I want a cool story to tell when I'm an old man, older <laughs> than what I am now. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's just telling a cool story, and in the hip hop world, it's this whole thing of keep it real, keep it real. I'm like, do you know what I done? A, a, me, Speed, and my friend Jack, we did a acapella show on Sky One, and Cat Dealey was hosting it. And he made us like do some covers of like pop songs and stuff. And we'd done it because it was a good laugh. Do you know what I mean? It was a great time. I can reflect back on instead of me being old and then thinking, damn, I missed that opportunity. Love that. Like, firstly, it's Cat Dealey. You know, Cat Dealey. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't going to say no to Cat Dealey. <laughs> it's not. I, know, I watched the whole program of it. Remember CD UK? 
Aye, she was like doing. She did MTV Select as well, which I used to watch her on as well. Yes. So, you know, my my next goal is because MTV Select used to be hosted by Richard Blackwood as well. Because if you know Richard yes. Blackwood, I absolutely love Richard Aye. Blackwood. So my next goal is I went on Hollyoaks just to be like, Yo, Richard, what's happening, bro? <laughs> Let's put that out to the universe. Put that out to the universe. Manifest it. it. Come on. Manifest it. You know Thoughts I mean? become things. So, aye. But I think it's really important what you were saying about that professionalism because you can be the best. End of the day, if you're an absolute nightmare to work with and you can't be trusted, then that's yes. not, that's not exactly. going to carry you through. That's it. And then just through the hard work and stuff is how I've got the, all these opportunities as well. Plus, I mean, I've... I think also doing the battles has also kind of raised my profile and also doing as much as I can in Scotland as well has um, raised my profile to an extent as well. And again, it's just like carrying myself in a professional manner. Um, I think this is what really opened the doors for me. Yeah. And in terms of like gigging, like obviously, you know, your reputation procedure, you, you know, that you're awesome at what you do. You're also very professional and people get to know that and get to know your name. But in the early days of, of, trying to get gigs and trying to put your your kind of name out there how did you go about that so what i done was right i and i still think i still stick by this i think people should still do this more so um i did the open mic nights you know so that's how it came up for me so going to the open mic nights um any kind of open mic night even if you're a rapper just go to any you know i mean go to these acoustic nights get someone to play guitar and you rap over it you know what i mean and just kind of build your profile like that and through doing open mic nights is when um the promoter started to notice me and then I started to get the bigger gigs. So Boomunk Ben was one of the guys who would book me for quite a lot of shows in the art school. Um, and that really kind of raised my profile as well because his gigs were always pretty much sold out. They were absolutely rammed, you know, and, um, and he would always have like a big name act to like headline, you know. So doing the art school gigs with Boomunk Ben um, was one of the gigs that really kind of boosted my profile again doing the battles as well, but it all started from the open mic nights, which I still see. I don't know if there still is open mic nights. I haven't been to any. I haven't really like um, actively gone out and looked, but I'm guessing there is. Um, just get to the open mic nights, get to all the jam sessions as well. Yeah, it's just cutting your teeth, isn't it? Like just putting yourself out there. Exactly, and the start, and then slowly you can start to kind of pick and choose what you want to do. Mm. You know, you can start picking and choosing, and then, you know, because I'm at that point now, I can pick and choose what I want to do and what I don't want to do. You know, like through all the stuff that I've done, you know, and sometimes you do start off doing like free gigs and things, you know, but I would probably say avoid doing the free gigs. Just go, you know, I know going to open mic nights is like a free gig, but you're choosing to go to raise your profile. But if somebody says, I want to book you for a show, then you tell them how much you want. As simple as that. You know, and if they say no, that's fine. But if I seen somebody at open mic night, if you if you at least I went to open mic night, I seen you perform there, you wanted to go there, right? You weren't getting paid, you were just there. But then I approached you, said you can and you do a gig for me. You're gonna say, Yeah, I mean I, I charge X amount. Do you know what I mean? And it, it should be like that. Ian Spear put on a few nights, like only a handful of nights, and we've paid everybody that has um, performed. Might not be a huge amount, but we've paid them, you know. Mm-hmm. So we all try and be conscious of that as well. And most of the stuff that I do also is like it's paid work, but that's all also come from you know I've put the work in is how I can now pick and choose what I want to do you know and I, I know it sounds bad like you know no one really approaches us anymore for to do free shows I think that's quite a I think everybody kind of knows that now you know it's quite out there like don't do free shows you know somebody's making some sort of money you know what I mean uh-huh. like I've been there where I, I've done a free show and you know it's like pay entry and you're just like what and once you start mm. putting on your own shows you realize it's not that expensive to hire out certain venues on certain nights whereas you could cover costs and if you don't have the money to pay people don't put on a night well it's the thing like you've you've got bills to pay just like everybody else is do you mean you're like I don't live exactly. in fresh yeah <laughs> but especially like since I had my kids as well now I look at my kids I'm like is this worth me leaving them to go do the show because I, I, I do do some favors for people and I did do a favour, and when I went to the gig, I was just like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I was in this situation where it's in a little basement, no offence to anybody, right, but um, I was in a like this wee basement, there wasn't a stage, people just kind of walking by you while you're performing, pulling out cables. I was like, I was here 10 plus years ago. I don't want to be here, and I've just left my kids to travel, you know, an hour or so to do what? You know what I mean? And it's happened a few times. That's a space, like, for somebody like you, 10 years, 
10, 15 years ago. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So I mean, somebody just wants to go quickly, you know, showcase something new that they've done. And again, it's not a snobbery. It's just where I'm at with my mind frame. And it, especially just looking at my kids and thinking, no, you know, and if I'm doing gigs like in like wee places like that for 10 years and I've not progressed, I want to progress. Some people enjoy doing that and that's fine. You just do that. Me, I want to progress, keep going on to the bigger stages like I have done, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, I don't mind doing a little intimate gig. That's fine as long as it's ran professionally. Well, you've built a reputation. You, you're putting your name to it. You're saying I'm Aye. involved in this. Yes, so exactly. It's important to you that your brand and what you've built on to the last however many years is in line, you know, because you're not in control of that when you're working for somebody else necessarily. So you want to make sure it feels good. It's like exactly. it's like even this podcast, you know, this is a total hobby. This is a passion uh-huh. project. But I am very conscious that I've built this brand. I know yeah. what the, the podcast is. So I'm only going to go with my gut when it's yes. like who I'm bringing on to the podcast. Yeah, quality you know I mean? control. Like, you know that I'm like, you're privileged to be on this. But <laughs> I am privileged to be on it. Is that quality? <laughs> you did say that to me before we recorded. You're like, you better... <laughs> Tell them that you know you feel privileged being on here. You better be good, by the way. <laughs> you better be good. Or it's not you better bring your A game. <laughs> it's just these. It's just these kind of things. This is just my thought process, and you know, especially with my kids coming along, I'm just like, so do I spend time with my children, or should I go do a wee gig in the basement where people are like stepping on my feet and pulling out cables? I'll stay home, thank you. You know what I mean? We've all done those gigs and that, you know, it is a learning curve and it does teach you some stuff. But sometimes you look back and you're like, geez, or like the situations that I've been in and the things that I've seen. No, definitely. There's a few things that me and Spee have done recently. So we've done it because we've known the guys or, you know, people are cool and you're just like, I'm not doing it again. You know, and you just kind of like know your worth. You know, and even though through lockdown there's not been any gigs, I'm still putting material out on my YouTube channel. Although it's not like... I'm not getting millions of views. It doesn't matter. But I'm still putting things out. I'm still working. You know, when someone's asked me to do something, like recently BBC just asked me to do a couple of things as well. So I've done it. You know what I mean? I'm still yeah. staying on top of it all and letting them know that I'm still here. Mm. You know, I'm still professional. Well, it's keeping your creative practice going as well. Because mm-hmm. it, it's not going to stay like this forever. You want to be ahead of yeah, the you game. you want to be ready when the, exactly. when the world opens up again. Yes, exactly. And things are still happening. You know, it might not be on a big scale yeah. like it was. But it's still happening, so you still want to be in, in front of the line when everything opens okay, again right. properly. Aye, be at the front. And in terms of like your creative practice and like your process, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I, I guess you'll just be thinking of things all the time, consciously or unconsciously, and trying different yeah. things and playing about with with different sounds and stuff. But you know, if you are thinking like, like I've got X amount of gigs coming up, I want to create a new set or part of a new yeah. set. Do you have like? go-to kind of practice that you just practice my do. full set really that is it just practice practice a full thing um i used to practice like every single day obviously i, I work another job as well which is fine and during my lunch break i would practice i have like an hour lunch break and i would just practice within that hour just in case somebody phoned me and says can you perform tonight and then i'll be like yep i'm ready do you know what i mean I that is it I just being ready today. i have practice today <laughs> you know um obviously through lockdown i haven't practiced as much you know, I bought a loop mm. station, so I'll be doing stuff on a loop station and that is all just to uh, switch things up a wee bit. Yeah, I saw that in one of your videos. It was yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just mucking about with that, just learning um, how to kind of put things together and just throw my ideas down, see what sounds good, what doesn't sound good, and just putting it out and just being ready, basically, for whatever comes at me. Your musicality always, like, impresses me because it's one thing to be able to make these mm. amazing sounds, but... You, you obviously have to have a knowledge of music and understand yeah. how music is layered together in different sounds and instruments. Like, have you ever played an instrument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad taught me how to play a tabla, which is an Indian instrument. Um, I could play that a wee bit. Um, I'm very basic on most things, you know, there's more percussion stuff, so I can play drums as well. And I know chords on oh, a guitar. Yeah. I like messing about on keys, you know, a bit of piano. Like, who doesn't mm-hmm. like to go up to the piano and just kind of play it, you know? And I enjoy these it's- kind of things. So from a very young age, I've done music with my dad, you know, so it's come up from there. And yes, I studied music, but not like really in depth, you know, and it does take me a wee while sometimes to come up with something because I don't have, like, I, I want to play something. I'm like, but how do I play it? You know, but I prefer just playing, knowing how to do basic stuff and really kind of, I think something when you study something, something you become really rigid in it, you know, and for me, like I can kind of blend in a freestyle with people when, you know, I'm jamming with folk where some people are just very much like structured. This is how I've learned and this is it. Aye, this is the notes on the page kind of thing. Yeah, and they don't yeah. know how to come out of that, you know, whereas I know how to just go in and kind of jam with folk. Yeah, well, you're like a composer, do you know what I mean? And it's a it's playing about with all those sounds yeah. and rhythms. 
before you arrive at something you're like well, yeah. that, that definitely fits and in a collaboration you need that to and fro and you need that like that compromise almost like because if you're working with somebody else mm-hmm. and it could be in any medium yeah they need to agree that yeah that's the right thing as well yeah because i remember somebody was saying right somebody said if you can't count bars in your head then you're not a real musician right and i'm like i can't count bars i can't count bars like honestly can't you know people are like, yeah you're coming in on three bar on the on the fourth bar i'm like oh okay and they, you, don't, you don't try to beatbox and think of the bar it's so like what am i doing <laughs> it's Do you weird. know what's going on in my head right now, now you can count bars though because you dance right so you count bars in your head and i never have done it's never come up like can you count in bars i'm like oh my god <laughs> we only as dancers we only need to count to eight <laughs> as long as we can say five six seven eight we're fine <laughs> But that's the thing, everybody's got their own approach and and there's no right way. Ah, There is no correct way. I mean, obviously, if you want to dive into something, delve into into an extent you have in terms of like your beatbox and that's what you've focused Mm -hmm. on as an art form in itself, do you know what I mean? But it's nice that you've got these other influences. Yeah, because yeah, with the the Gallic bin, like like you coming in on this bar I'm like right just look at me when it comes to that bit <laughs> you know just give me a wee nod and I'll come in and because they're singing in a different language yes. as well they're singing in Gaelic I'm like I don't know I can't differentiate the chorus and, and stuff so I'm like just give me a nod and I'll come in don't worry <laughs> that's nice though that you're open to that like you're just like this is me this is how I do things well, I've never really collaborated that's the thing it's always just me and Spee and along as Spee stays in he stays out in Cooper so he's like an hour and a half away from me whatever it is so whenever we have a gig to do, I need, I'll learn my parts, he'll learn his part. And when we come together, we know what we're doing. And that's it. You know, and if we need because we're so used yeah. to each other, we need to cut something short. Like I'll whisper to him on stage, I'll be like, I'm, going, I'm not doing the next thing. Or he'll say to me, I'm cutting the next song out. And it, that's how we've always worked. And we brought people onto DJ for us. And sometimes they're a bit like, what am I doing? We're like, just go for it. Just go with it. It's fine. We'll give you a nod. <laughs> Go for it, it's fine. <laughs> if we don't want to do something, we tell you. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it, just go with the flow. You know, but I know some people prefer the structure. It's nice when you find those people that you like almost like you can just look at and they know, you know what they're thinking or whatever. Like you've got that thing on stage where it's like telepathically, you just can tell Aye. the person's thinking. <laughs> it's like just chill and we just go. But I know it's quite an annoying way of perhaps performing, but me and Spear are very used to that. The two of us are used to each other working like that. You know, I think something when I join other people at jam with it, it's just a bit like, come on, man, can I count bars? <laughs> just go with it. That's my thing. Just go with it. You know, and like obviously, I was aware of you well before we worked together, but we did work together on that project in 2014 with young people. And I know you have done a lot of youth work. Was that something that just kind of happened or organically? Again, just happened organically. Yeah. I exactly just through again performing open mic nights, doing the gigs. You know, there's somebody there from a youth project. Oh, can we get you in? It'd be very cool. You know, and it's all kind of happened from there. And then word of mouth as well. You know what I mean? And then I worked for some youth projects as well for a few years. And it's just, it's through word of mouth. It just kind of was all kind of coming to me. And I was the only beatboxer really teaching beatboxing in Scotland. Yeah. You know, and people do still, there are a few people still teaching it and stuff. But my main thing just now is I'm working in a prison. Okay. Um, with young offenders so that's where my focus is at just now and also I don't know what's going to happen once everything opens up mm. um, I still do work for the prison we do videos like this actually means be and we teach them beatboxing rap sometimes it's just to talk yeah. isn't it they just want to talk they don't want to learn anything it's just it's somebody to talk to who isn't a familiar face you know, just speak to somebody who isn't in the zone. We are there once a week, but we are just sending video podcasts like this, basically. Um, over to them just now and they play on one of the channels, one of the channels that they get, you know. And, and sometimes I think it's just people just need somebody to talk to that isn't part of their circle. Mm. Just to kind of unload. It's not always about the beatboxing and the music and things. It's just to, you know, unload, you know, and it's great. I love doing the youth work. That's the power of the, the arts, you know, because it's got that that power to allow people to express themselves and open up maybe and or like to, or even just like explore something exactly we always say that from their lives you know for yeah. a while we always tell them just like if you want to sing today just sing yes we call this an mc workshop if you feel like singing today just do it i don't care i like to sing speed likes to sing yeah. you know we'll do it you know I, I can sing a little bit i don't know about harmonies we'll do it you know it's not so rigid you know, just go with what you you feel like doing and if you don't want to do it and you just want to talk to us about what's bothering you today, that's fine as well. You know, and that's the way I think youth work should be. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. It's like their terms, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. I think a lot of people go in thinking this is it. This is how you're going to do it. You know, it's my way or no way. 
but the youth work is about the young people, what they want. It's not about what I want. Yes, I want them to do something by the end of it, of course, but it's on their terms, really. And also you do have to have some sort of structure and also a bit of um, authority in a sense, you know, um, but I, but essentially it is for them what they want to do. It's like, I guess it's like being on stage, like you have that structure there in your mind, but if the situation has to change, you're like, yes. well, we know we can deviate a wee bit, there's room for like manoeuvring, you can't be too safe. No, absolutely, because during my, my set with Spee, sometimes when I do my wee solo bit, I like to go a bit technical with the beatboxing stuff, right? But if you're not a beatboxer, you don't understand it. You know, something you can see the audience, they, they go a wee bit flat. And then that's when you have to think think to yourself. And this is through, like, experience. You think, like, what can I do next? And people love hearing covers. So when I mm. see the audience kind of flat, I'm like, right, next. I'm going to chuck in a wee cover because they're starting to go because they don't know understanding what I'm doing. And they don't care about the technical aspects. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When they hear me do, like, a beatbox cover is what they want to hear. So you can always change it up like that. And you have to be versatile. I, you have to be versatile, don't you, as a performer? Yeah. You're like, do you not know that I'm doing something really technical here? Be your best, people. <laughs> I know, it's fine. I like doing covers anyways. I don't care. I only really got into the really technical side of things because that's the way beatbox is starting to go. It started off with like lots of covers and things, you know, um, and then it got into like really technical side of things, which I'm not um, that great at in a sense. I can do it, you know, but it doesn't satisfy me. I like a good cover. Just in that terms of like teaching as well, like it's one thing, going into a youth group or whatever um, just to perform, to like, impress them, for them to ask you questions or whatever, but then teaching, like, there's a whole other thing, and I know that from the dance world, it's one thing being able to to perform. Yeah. And break it down is, like, a whole other skill set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, breaking it down is hard. Like, something, I don't know what I'm doing here in my throat. Do you know what I mean? Like, or you see my Adam's apple moving up and down, I'm like, well, what are you doing there? And that's a very hard thing to explain to someone. You know, I'm putting pressure, like, at my Adam's apple, and then I'm, you know... I, I let go of the pressure and you know it's lots of little sharp breaths that I'm putting out and this is where I take a breath it's hard to explain I don't know the wordings I don't know the workings sometimes either of how I'm doing it you know and it can be hard but now when somebody tries to book me for a workshop I'm quite specific like do they actually want to do it I suggest you show them my videos before I come down because the loads of workshops that I went to again has been a waste of my time because they weren't into it and some people who work for youth organisations, they think, oh, it's so cool. The kids will love it. And then they're just like, no, we don't. We're not into it. Mm. So nowadays, I kind of like, you know, watch the YouTube stuff. If they want to do it, I'm definitely going to come through, you know, get a group together who actually want to do it. And it's a lot better. I get more out of it. But I've also started to mix it in with writing raps as well now. Because I used to rap. I can write. We can all write rhymes, yeah. you know. So I, I started to mix it in a wee bit as well. Now, if I'm doing like a, an hour workshop, I'll split it in half now. You know, I'll do the beatboxing and then I'll do the writing and then we'll merge it together. And it's done. You'll take the loop station, get them to muck about on that and seeing how they can slowly build tracks. Yeah, it's all those elements coming together. Because like you say, like you need to be totally invested. Like it doesn't happen overnight. You won't be sounding like me in five minutes time. No. You won't. No, you know, that's the thing, you need to be invested in it, and I've in, invested many, many years in it, you know, to be at a certain standard. But the power of, like, combining the storytelling of rap, I think, is really cool, because mm. you then beatboxing behind them, like, almost like accompanying, accompanying them, uh-huh. I never say that, then that feels like they're still part of something, there's a collaboration, they've, they're, they've been able to yeah, exactly. something that feels more on their level, Achieve on their terms. Ah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And essentially when you are performing, you're telling your story, you're putting your story out yeah. there. So that whole culture of like rap and music, you know, hip hop music and beatboxing, it's all, it's all part of the same kind of world, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and even like get them on a loop station, because on a loop station, all you need to do is like a couple of silly, it just loops and then you just kind of harmonise over it. And then they've got something there and they're excited that they've done it themselves, yeah. you know? So um, I'm kind of, I don't sound bad, I keep saying picking and choosing, but, I don't want to go in and waste anybody's time and I don't want my time to be wasted either. Do you know what I mean? Where the resources can be used for something that they're really, really into. And these are things that I offer, you know, and then we take it from there. And it's always better to offer more things than just the one thing, Mm. you know, so that's how the youth work stuff has come about as well. And in the prison, although I was essentially essentially brought in to teach them beatboxing and rap, me being supposed to do a beatbox rap thing, you know, they've got iMacs in there, we've got Windows computers in there, it's got you know, Logic Pro and Acid Pro there. So we teach them how to use this software as well ah. and how I would produce something. Even though I can't really play anything, 
I can still make a beat. Yeah. You know, so it's teaching them that side of thing as well. So just be versatile with your skills. Oh, it's like giving the ownership to people to make what they want to make and mm -hmm. be just be inspired yeah, by that's it. your music and what you're doing and, and saying like you have these capabilities, you have these talents, let's play with them, let's see what we come up with. Yeah. Because we saw the wee guy in the in the prison who used to come in just used to go, I'm just gonna sit and, and watch. And that's fine. He just just come in, sit, listen to something and leave. And then, you know, a few weeks later, he's like, Can I try something? I was like, Yep, showed him how to do it. I was like, cool, came down following me, he's like, Can we do it again? I'm like, Yep. And then it came to the point where he would just walk in and just be like, yeah, I'm going to set the computer and make my music. I'm like, brilliant. And that's what you want, uh -huh. you know, because he's take, take ownership of it. And that's where most of the young people are at in the prison just now. We've taught them how to use the software. We've diversified the software as well because Logic Pro is for a Mac. You've got Acid Pro for Windows. You know, not everyone's going to have a Windows or a Mac computer. Um, so we try to just show them, you know, you can do this on a 300-pound computer and a 1,000-pound computer yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. just to give them their options. I love it. You obviously mentioned about becoming a dad. I I've seen a couple of videos of you beboxing and like the reaction of your wee girl was just like classic. Aye, she just shouts at me going, stop, it's too loud, stop. <laughs> I'm sure you're used to the reaction of like people thinking it's amazing. But I think it's awesome that you have this passion that you've, it's part of you, it's part of your life. You, it's a, it's some, a craft that you've worked on. Um, are, are they showing signs of any interest or any kind of musical talent or ability? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my wee boy's only two, so he's just coming about like poking at everything, like my speakers and, you know, chucking the records off the turntable and things. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, but he likes his wee songs, you know. I mean, they're always singing something. My wee girl loves singing, loves dancing. Um, so I'm th I'm sure there'll be something there. Mm. There'll be something there. We'll see. There's a lot of music, a lot of noise in the house. There's a lot of instruments, you know. Um, so there will be something. Whether they pursue it like I did is up to them. Mm -hmm. And if they do want to pursue it, that's great. And I don't know, as we were talking before we hit record about, you know, having like multiple. You don't put your eggs in one basket, is what I'll, I'll be telling them. You know, because even like myself, I do my youth work. I do my gigs, you know, I work in retail as well. You know, I, I try to cover all bases just in case. You know what I mean? It's just always that just in case. And musicians, actors, dancers, there is that shelf life. You know, like I was saying, there is that time where they're just like, ah, oh, too old. I'm not cool anymore. You know, never. that happens. That's not going to happen to Never. You, not with me. Not with not you. No. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. There is that, you know, you see people coming up and then all of a sudden they disappear because they're not the cool thing anymore. You know, and then you think to yourself, what, are they, what was their... Not, you don't need a backup plan, but I always suggest just making sure you have a few other things up your sleeve, 100%, especially in the times that we live in now. Don't put your eggs in one basket. Try and get multiple skills. And I think that's something we don't get taught. We're always like, choose a path, go that way. That's you. You know, imagine I had just done beatboxing only and the gigs have stopped. You know, what was I going to do then? Well, I would do anything. I would do anything for my kids. Aye, of course. Uh -huh. like, even like a, a job at McDonald's does not bother me. People who stick their nose up at a job at McDonald's. McDonald's is still going. Um, you know, I think that's one thing that we you're not taught is, you know, don't put your eggs in one basket. You know, in school, it's just like, choose what you want to do and go there, do it. You know, whereas I was just like, oh, I want to do everything. Let me just try everything. Purely for the, you know, financial and shelf life aside, right. you know, just for like the adventure of it. Exactly. And, you know, you just want a cool story to tell. You know what I mean? I, I want to tell people my story and I had a, a good time of everything that I've done. And I don't want to be, or oh, I've just done this one thing. And that's me. Some people always are in one career forever. And that's them. You know what I mean? Whereas I want to do multiple things, try my hand at, at different things. You know, so I've got a few things going on just now, which is cool. A wee break, you can stay in that creative zone all the time. You know, I always think there's a time for creating and there's a time for learning as well. You know, I went... A couple of weeks ago, I went through this big influx of creativity. I recorded three songs, banged out some videos, and now I'm just like, I've got nothing. Uh -huh. You know, and that was actually, see, since lockdown last year, I hadn't beatboxed at all until recently because there was just no motivation to do it. My motivation was somebody booking me for a show. <clears throat> I'm thinking, right, I need to do my best. Let's go do it. And now when I go to beatbox, I'm like, what am I doing it for? I know. I'm the same with dance. I've hardly danced on lockdown either. And, and I've realised it's because I like being in the space with other people, creating movement, even if it's not yeah. me that's going to be performing it. It's just being in that space. That's where I get my energy, you know, and I, I've just put that creative, my creativeness into other things like the podcast. You know, that's where I've, so it's yeah, like having yeah, yeah. that transferable, um, those transferable skills, like you were saying, like to mm -hmm. put it into something else, to put your energy into something else. Because sometimes it's just not the right space or time. That's it. And see, all the years that I've been performing, right, like 
I think it was like the past few years, like I was working and I was gigging, I was youth working, I was traveling. I remember saying at work, I was like, I need a break. You know, I need a little bit of a break from it all because I had put in so much of my creative energy and then lockdown hit. You're like, I don't need this, this much of a break. I didn't need this long of a break, you know, but also a lot of people are just like, now's your time to get creative, do something, lockdown, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm doing nothing. And there's no shame in if you did not achieve anything during lockdown, because not everybody was inspired. I didn't achieve anything musical through lockdown. It's such like I thought maybe I would. Then I thought, you know what? Maybe it's just time for you to take a break. You know, just take a step back and then all the creativity will flow back to you. Don't force it out, you know. Um, and I know with social media, if you try to build a presence, it's supposed to be all you post every other day, post once a week. I ain't got time for that. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, and if I'm not creative, if I'm not feeling creative, I'm not going to put out something half-arsed either. You know, so I think I've took this time to learn about me and just kind of focus on my health as well. Do you know what I mean? Get working out because I had the time to work out. So start working out more and just... In through lockdown, like I've seen my wee boy take his first steps, you know, I've seen my kids, my kids growing in front of my eyes, like it's yeah. weird because usually I'd be at work and then, you know, a few weeks later, later I look at him like, oh, you've gone big, you know what I mean? Whereas now it's like every other day I'm looking at them like, you've gone big, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're saying something different, I would have missed all of this stuff. It's been great in that sense, you know, but creativity wise and actually having a product at the end of lockdown, who cares if you didn't do it? Who cares if you didn't learn a new skill? Who cares if you just sat on the couch and ate? you know what I mean <laughs> take that time just to do nothing people are worried about just sitting quietly and thinking and I love that I love sitting quietly and just thinking it's not a bad thing at all like it's, it's cool not, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? taking stock of everything that you have done up to this point and all the things that you you can be grateful for and all the opportunities thus far yeah. so that then when we do go into the new world when it all opens up and stuff we've just got maybe a bit of clarity about what yeah. is important that'll resonate because I think some people feel the pressure to be creative and productive all the time just remember people only posting the good stuff yeah, online highlights real. you know how we forget that we get caught up in that scroll that, oh my god he's made this much of it oh my god this person looks like that nah do you know I mean? don't fall for that and I'm, I'm slowly trying to take myself off social media as well especially through the year with everything that's happened I was thinking like when's the last time somebody booked me for a show through Facebook or Instagram you know what I mean it's a rarity the way I got booked for shows was when I was out there doing shows and somebody like, oh, Taj, you know, I'll drop you a text. Let's do something. I'll email you. You know, it was through meeting people. And I, I was happy I took a break from the gigging. Uh, not took a break. I had to take a break. No, I was putting shows on. But now, like, I'm ready to get back. Like, yeah, I can't wait till it opens. Hopefully, summertime, we can go back to normal and just get back on stage because nothing fills that void of being in front of an audience. And the way I kind of filled that void was, is, like, by working out. You know, that did kind of... Give me that that buzz. Mm -hmm. Show me it's a different kind of buzz, but you know, it's better than taking drugs <laughs> to, to, to build that point. You know what I mean? Aye. I love it. And that's the thing, like audiences will be ready as well. Not like you say, you can fill so. that gap. Like it, it's lovely that things have went online and there's still been that connection. It's like this podcast, I would normally have done this in real life. Like we would be sitting in the room doing it. It's lovely that we have this opportunity and I'm grateful that yeah. I've been able to do it. But at the end of the day, like nothing beats being in the room with other people and seeing the reaction. Yeah, exactly. And I know you've been trying to get me for ages, I but, know. you know, I was quite busy. And then, and then through lockdown, I was just like, I can't be bothered. And that's not even like a lie. I just couldn't be bothered speaking to anybody. People that. would text me and be like, I don't want to reply back to you because I'm just lying on my couch. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it was just that kind of mind frame. And now, you know, I'm feeling a bit more inspired. I've got a wee bit of work coming through. And then when you message me, I was like, yes, let's do it. It's also talking and seeing a different face. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes. It changes your mood. <laughs> it's lovely, don't worry. Thanks. You look lovely too. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's nice to see a different face, you know, chat to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's been that connection and also, like, although we're not necessarily doing the thing that we love to do, just speaking about it, it's nice. Like, it gives uh, you buzz, like, to remember exactly. the things you've done and, and yeah. to be hopeful for the time that we can do them again. Exactly. Because seeing my pal Spee, like, who raps with me, he hasn't rapped in, like... He has put things out through the year, but he hasn't concentrated on it. He found his art. So he's been doing canvases for folk, you know, and I made him loads of beats and he's like, yeah, well, write it, I'll write it. But I said, look, don't write to it until you're inspired to. Don't record it until you're inspired to record, you know, um, and then we'll take it from there. I'm still doing my beatbox thing. I'm still pursuing my TV thing. I'm still youth working. You found your art through this lockdown. That's brilliant. Because he's the same as me. He's like, why am I rapping? Like, I want to do gigs. The reason I was practicing rapping was because we were doing shows. Yeah. You know, we even through lockdown, we still got some radio play, but it's, just, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. You know, so hopefully once, you know, we are booked for uh, doing the rabbit hole 
that's in the summertime, oh, cool. whatever happens. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Um, we are booked for that, and so that's something to look forward to. You know, and hopefully all restrictions will be lifted ASAP. Get us the hell out of here. Totally. And do you have, like, for want of a better phrase, bucket list, like, things that you would like to dabble with, try, even if it's particular, like, gigs or TV work or anything like this? Or is there just something you're like, would well, that be cool if we could do that? You know, like, the beatboxing took me towards TV work because I did a show for the BBC called The State of It with Rob Florence. That was a couple of years ago. And I was in, like, six episodes. I was, like, a main character in it or anything. I was just, like, playing myself, really. And we all were. Um, and I was just there in the background, just chiming in. Um, it's gravitating towards the TV work is where I would like to go next, actually. You know, and I love also beatboxing and performing and stuff as well. But I think um, I'm going to venture into a bit of TV whilst uh, I still have the opportunity to have some of the contacts, you know, and then see what that brings for me. Of course. Well, yes. you're, you're just such an awesome communicator. Like, you speak so passionately about what you do and you've had so many experiences stage like it's, it's been wonderful to speak to you and just hear yeah, about yeah. everything Thank you've you. achieved thus far you know like you say you only see what you see on the internet so yeah. it's, it's lovely to hear it from the actual person I don't really post much on there either like I don't really go oh my god I'm so happy I made this much and I done this you know I'm just like I'll be honest with folk as well just like I did hardly anything through the first lockdown you know, and I focus on like working out again. That's what um, my kind of main focus had turned to, rather than music. You know, and also as I'm, I don't keep saying I'm getting old. I'm getting older, so I'm trying to take care of myself more. You know, I got my kids as well. Just watch what you're saying. I'm older than you. I don't think you are. How old are you? You're not older than me. I'm, I'll be. Th- I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'll be 39 this uh, year. We don't look it. Thanks, dude. All right. I'm in that mind frame now, also I'm looking at my kids and things, right? And I'm looking at how much time I have left. You know, I think we. People, oh God, I don't mean to be pure cynical, but it's also not cynical. You need to think of how short life is, all right? So, like I'm saying, I'm 37, right? I don't know what the, say my life expectancy is supposed to be 60. That means I only have another 20 years to do what I need to do, and that's not a lot of time, you know? And I think people don't think like that. And it's not a sad way of thinking. Like, that's this thing that should inspire you yeah. to go, oh, shit, like, let's hurry up to do this. Let's do this. Uh-huh. So, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Um, also, if I'm going to live my full life expectancy, then, yes, I still have you know, a few decades left, you know, but let's say, for example, I only do have 20 years, I need to do something within those 20 years, let's not waste it. And I think young people are very much like, you got all the time in the world. No, you don't. Hurry up and do your thing now. Do you know what I mean? So, and that's, it's not a cynical way of looking at it. It's literally that inspired. That's what really inspires me. Like, get your yes, shit done. I Before you're going to be old, older. You know what I mean? I don't want, like I was saying, to, I don't want to be like 60 odd years old and be like, I wish I took that opportunity. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like that. Just take, like, um, you know, the voice contacted me actually through summer last year. You know, and I thought, do you know what? Let's just do it. Let's do it. Cool. It's a good laugh. There's no gigs coming up. I've done it. I didn't get through, which is fine. You know, um, and it was a good laugh because Spee was a bit like, oh, you know, our credibility a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, as long as you don't take the piss out of us, you know, let's do it. And we, we didn't get through, which is fine. But again, it was a, at least I tried it. It was a good opportunity that had come up at a time when nothing was coming up. Course. You know what I mean? And same with that Cat Dealey show in the Sky One, we just done it. It was a laugh, it wasn't a hip hop show. It wasn't going to give us any street cred, you know what I mean? We've done it. But it's a story to tell, you know. Whereas I don't want to be at that point where I'm just like, oh, why didn't I do that? Do you know what I mean? I wish I had done it. You're not going to regret the things that you did do. You're going to regret the things that you didn't. So we didn't do. Aye. You know, and it's one thing, That's like, it. you know, you, you obviously you're saying you protect your reputation and you've worked hard to get where you Of course. You know, uh-huh, but you know yourself, you get almost like with experience comes wisdom and you get to know yourself so you can kind of trust that gut and say I maybe when you go on that tv program but this tv program feels like a a fine fit like I don't think it's going to be a negative experience so let's just try it exactly it's just a laugh end of the day it's a good laugh and you've got stories to tell and that is it Uh, you know it makes for a great podcast good (laughs) exactly there you go right so now go on my youtube channel and watch my my coordination street I, thing. I I'm All still right. flabbergasted about that. That's amazing. <laughs> Your old people show. Listen, we're now in the category. You and I. Oh, <laughs> we're supposed to be watching these programmes. <laughs> but you know what happened, right? See when I done that? Right, sorry, I'm going to... No, no, keep carry going, on. But no, see when I done all... that, Corey thing, I had like the old people caught to you saying, are you that guy I'm calling? I'm like, I know your person whatsoever. <laughs> Listen, you're reaching a different demographic. Oh. That's, that's important. I know, I know. That's where it's at. I love it. Right. 
I basically do this thing called the hingamajigs, which are just random questions that I have a oh list God. in front of me. And I have selected a few for you. So I'm totally putting you on the spot. Oh, no. Let's do Don't it. stress. Mind I can edit this. This is fine. That's <laughs> why we can re-record it numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll start with um, a relatively easy one. Best gig you've ever been to? And that could be one of your own or like in the audience of... Oh, one of the best gigs I've been to. Oh my God, I've been to so many gigs. Do you know what? There's a band from India called Ragu Dixit, okay? They're not even a hip-hop band or anything. And I opened a show for them, right? But they were absolutely incredible. It was amazing. And it's not even my kind of music, but seeing the whole band performing and then seeing the guitarist do a solo with his eyes shut as like he's making love to his guitar. It's absolutely amazing. I'm going to say those guys, 100%. I need to look them up. Yeah. Where was it? Was it here or abroad? Or? It was in, oh, what's the name of that place near the Barrowlands? Is it St. Luke's? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did Sugar Hill Gang in there as well, which was amazing. They were really, really good as well. So, but Rago Dixon, just because of the passion and when I seen the, the boy playing his guitar, I was just like, I know how you feel, bro. <laughs> I know how you feel. <laughs> totally. Um, if you had one extra hour of free time a day, how would you use it? Well, since I'm a dad, probably sleep. <laughs> My sleep is broken. <laughs> I'm up through the night. I'm like, I had another extra hour. I would sleep if the kids let me sleep. 100% anywhere on the couch, <laughs> on the floor, the garden, somewhere, in the trampoline, <laughs> standing up against the wall. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Can you finish this sentence? I have always wanted to... Meet Will Smith. Come on, Will Smith. Let's manifest that as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Would you want him to sing? Like, would you want him to do when he's like hits? I think um, I would just want to sit and talk to him, maybe record a little something. You know what I mean? We beatbox rap thing because only beatboxes as well. So maybe battle him, teach him a little something. You know what I mean? I. We're manifesting that. all the things. Let's for manifest that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, here's one. What's the best sound ever? Probably hearing my children's laughter. There we go. We're going to go soft with that one. Absolutely. Good answer. Yes. Um, handle two more. Yeah, let's do it. So you said you do like to sing. If you were to do karaoke, what would be your song of choice? Oh, it's probably gonna be. I really like Don McLean's Vincent and Stevie Wonder. Isn't she lovely? Or um, I just called to say I love you. Yeah, yeah probably those. Taj. Yeah. Tunes, I know. I know. Love Stevie Wonder. Go soft. Love Stevie Wonder. And Vincent, that makes me think of my dad. My dad always play, used to play that in the guitar. Good choice. It's a nice song. I got it on vinyl. I used to sing it to the kids. I know it's a pretty sad song, but it's a nice melody. And I sing Isn't She Lovely from my wee girl. And I just called to say I love you to my wee boy. I, I say I just called to, um, daddy just called to say I love you. That's what I sing to him. So, <laughs> he sings along with me. Yeah. You're bossing all of these hingamajig questions. I am, aren't I? <laughs> I'm gutted to be finishing this chat because it's just been lovely. It's been like just nice to catch up with you. The fact that other people are going to hear it is like great, but you know, it's nice yeah, just yeah, to no, chat with you and reminisce exactly. on the exactly. times where we used to be able to go out and gig and <laughs> collaborate. And do things, I know. But we also done we've been on the same lineup. We have we've been the on the Kennedy same lineup for like gigs, I'm sure. Yeah. I know we haven't done we haven't made a Kennedy Cupcake slash Big Taj collaboration. Well, that happened. Aye. I know, because I can't count bars. That's why. <laughs> we'll just count you in five, six, seven, eight. Five, seven, eight. That's it. <laughs> I, think, I think that's something that needs yeah, to happen. Yeah, you just need to be up for Absolutely. a wee bit of choreography. Are you down for that? No. <laughs> Teach a wee bit of jive or something, Taj. A wee bit of Lindy Hop. Aye, let's Listen, do it. Let's all do the new it. skills. I've been playing Just Dance with my wee girls, so you can have practicing. Yeah, it's happening. Yep. I'm manifesting that. <laughs> and the last question that I do ask everyone, so I change up all the other questions, but this one I ask every single person is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Oh, um, I don't know. I think I, just saying I, see when you're somewhere like not in Scotland, like I think I is just, just defines us, it doesn't does. it? I does. <laughs> That's it. I. Yeah. But I don't use a lot of Scottish slang, to be fair. No. I don't. I didn't grow up with it as such in my household yeah so when some people say some things i'm just like what does that mean <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and actually i meant to ask you that about your family and stuff like what do they make of the beatboxing love it do love they? it see, see your mum and dad see me on tv it's just like oh he's on tv <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> uh, I love it, man. Well, Taj, this has been an absolute joy. Thank you for joining the Brawbrave clan. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming, but we've done it. I know, and I, I absolutely wish you all of those manifestations that we're making happen. Thank you so much. Thank you so and, much. Um, and we will do the Kennedy Cupcakes and Big Taj collab. You've heard it here first. Yes, and it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm excited already. <laughs> and everyone's going to come watch yeah, come and see us perform. performances with actual humans. Yes. As long as we still come fit in the us. costumes, that's all we're worrying about. That is it. That is I'll it. I'll make it on your exercise regime for sure. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.